0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Munkin', the only podcast that, you know, a lot of other podcasts, you know, left home at 18, ran away to focus on Funkin', but this podcast, we kept our nose buried in books, really into and interested in just focusing on Munkin'. I'm one of your hosts, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Berra. Andre, how are you?
1: Man, I am so glad that all these elections are over with. I'm just tired of it.
0: Well, I have some bad news, Andre, uh... I don't know if you took a look at the uh, episode title when you watched it, but this is Mister Monk and the Election. Um, it really was unfortunate that we uh, didn't that we didn't plan this. I had enough of time to coordinate this with the actual election, but um, yeah, I mean, and, and honestly, in hindsight, I'm, I'm kind of glad we didn't because uh, I we, there was already enough election going on uh, to. Yeah, we didn't got. need any more of it. That's for sure. No, um, but what did you think of this episode?
1: Uh, I actually really liked it. It was yeah. good. It was, I think uh, that this
0: is one of the better episodes. Yeah. I like this a lot. Um,
1: yeah, it doesn't like... Like, my score doesn't reflect it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just because it was, like, a solid, really good episode. But there wasn't, like, a lot of uh, backstory. And I got super excited when they were talking about uh, our guy, Chuck Kroger. But we barely got to see any of him.
0: Yeah, you know, he's more of an idea in this episode than he is actually a person. Um, yeah, but Chucky Kroger, Chucky K... Um, Anyway, Starts okay. Exactly, um, but we start off completely away from Doctor Kroger's office. We start off in a like rented building, where we see that one Natalie Teeger is running for school board, and you know what? Good for her. All politics is local. You know what I mean? Start small.
1: Yeah, you know you got to support your local government, and uh, yeah, it's a valuable lesson for everybody.
0: She saw that her daughter's school was going to get you know closed down, and. She didn't want that to happen, and rather than just, like, making a huff, she's like, I'm going to do something about it, you know? And I respect that.
1: No, I respect it, too. I respect her uh, need to proceed against all kinds of odds thrown her way.
0: Yes. Uh, And grenades as well. But anyway, so she's being interviewed, um, because, you know, she's trying to make a run, and uh, this doesn't seem important at the time, but obviously it ends up becoming important, that a guy comes by to fix her copy her, um, now, did th- did you pay any attention to this when it happened?
1: Um, I did only because uh, my girlfriend's like, okay, it definitely has to do with the copy machine, and I'm just like, you know, I'm really pissed that you said that because I was gonna get to that.
0: Well, I yeah, I mean, it's hard. Maybe she, like, maybe she subconsciously saw the episode like a decade ago, and you know, is uh, it could
1: be, it could be. She because yeah. she told me she's watched the
0: show before, yeah. but just like yeah. not yeah, in, no. in order yeah. Yes, apparently we got this copier from police auction, which, you know, a good place to get affordable appliances.
1: Yeah, apparently I didn't know that. uh, Oh wait, no, okay, no, because okay, yeah, forget it. Yeah, you're right. Well, okay,
0: yeah. Yeah, oh, because I, I was
1: gonna say, I was gonna say, like, man, it really sucks that the cops are cheaping out. But I realized that it was like
0: seized, and it wasn't like yeah,
1: uh, old cop equipment.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as this is happening, we see someone on a rooftop. You kind of gather across the street is opening up a bag with a gun, and that in anything as you know that's not a good sign. Once someone has the bag with the gun, there's a problem. With the
1: biscuit, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby, that's right. Uh, no, but it was just like it was interesting because like it's obviously that there's it's obvious that they're setting it up to be like some sort of sniper kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like, you're not using a sniper rifle for this. They're using, like, an AK, which is just bizarre. I mean, I don't think it's that bizarre. I mean, he's got got
0: the AK on him.
1: I mean, you got the AK if you're trying to let that chopper sing, man. Otherwise,
0: like... Yes, he's He's trying to destroy a piece of machinery. Yeah, but he could shoot, like, a ton of fucking people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, does he... he He kills a security guard without second thought. I don't think he cares if he kills a bunch of people. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, so... As this is happening, Monk is being interviewed by, um, by the, this journalist um, and basically he says that the reason why Natalie's running is because he couldn't stop her, which, you know, fair, um, and, but he's very worried that if Natalie wins, who's going to take care of him, um, which...
1: And she's like waiting for an answer and he's like, no, I'm actually asking you like, who's going to take care of me
0: exactly and so this as is going on the copier make fixer like the copier repairman is needs a key to get in because there's something jammed and I can't get the key, key right you know and then it's at this moment when as you put it uh our killer who we find out is jack whitman lets the chopper sing um yeah. and he just unloads like it's actually kind of crazy he didn't hit anyone
1: i mean that's what i'm saying at, at first when
0: when we see the body that he did kill Mm i was like wait
1: how the hell did he get up
0: there and then i realized oh okay he killed him on the way to uh, his spot Mm
1: -hmm.
0: now the thing is i think if he's a good marksman which i imagine he is since he was a weapons dealer i think he very specifically was not trying to kill anyone so like it's not like he's a bad he's not like he's a bad shot because he didn't kill anyone in fact that means he's good because he wasn't trying to kill anyone
1: right but like if he's like such a prolific
0: arms dealer why the hell
1: was he using an ak He should have just taken like a because
0: uh, honestly i think if i had to take a guess i would say i don't know a lot about guns but i believe that an ak has a a lot of stopping power meaning that it would tear through the copier like if you want to destroy a piece of machinery you would want to use something like an ak-47 um, yeah
1: up close not like from fucking, no an ak-47 like, is or... not a
0: not an up close weapon Okay. AK-47 is absolutely not a—it's not a sniper rifle, but it's definitely absolutely not an up close weapon. Movies either that way, either way, actually, it's a pretty long range weapon normally. Anyway,
1: either way, this ain't the gun for this job.
0: I, I actually disagree. I think an AK-47 is a pretty good gu- gun for this job. Also, he's a Russian arms dealer. He's got these Russian weapons.
1: Jack, yeah, well, you know, leave it to the Florida guy to uh, adjudicate gun, uh, the right kind of ju- guns to use.
0: That's true. Although Florida has stricter gun laws than you would think. A lot of people have guns, but it is actually a little harder to get guns in Florida than you think. Um, okay. Because I believe that they, like, had they, they their gun laws, even though it obviously is still, not, it's still pretty easy. It's, like, they're, it's stricter than most of the rest of the country. I forget why. I think it's because, like, they get, had gun laws in, like, the 80s before it became a super, super political issue. Anyway. Um, so... We cut back at our theme song. Natalie's in the ambulance wearing the shock blanket. Um, which I've never worn one of those. I wonder how good they are. Um,
1: I mean, what is it, like, a space blanket? Like, the ones you get, like, an earthquake kit?
0: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I don't have an earthquake kit because I've never lived anywhere.
1: Oh, is that the shit that, like, Chuck from uh, Better Calls... Oh, you didn't watch that shit, yes,
0: I do. Yes, I watched the first season, yeah. Yes, okay. that, yes, that, those blankets. I wasn't paying attention, clearly. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. I just had that thought. Then Monk is on the roof investigating uh, where the shooter was. Um, and it is kind of funny. Not, I mean, yeah, I was going to say it's not funny, but it is funny how, like, the security guard being killed is just a complete afterthought. Yeah,
1: I don't even think
0: we get a name for him. This guy no. is just John Doe. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's if he was John Doe, that would be understandable. He's not John Doe. He is a person with a family and what have you. We just That's don't true. care. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Not I, I didn't even think about that. That's sad. Also, why is that guy... What does what the security guard do? Why is he up there? What? It just looks yeah, like... Yeah, I
1: wrench. don't... I was wondering the same thing, and I just... I didn't... I couldn't come up with anything, so your guess is as good as mine. Yeah.
0: I think it's because they needed a murder in order for the police to be taking it this seriously. Not, not that they wouldn't take a gunman shooting up a campaign office seriously, but it ups the stakes that there was a murder. Yes. Now, um... Monk... Paid attention and he realized that there were 14 shots. Uh huh. Which, um, 14 shots, I'll tell you this, that's a one way ticket to me going to Blackout City. You know what I mean? Just kidding. Uh-huh. I've never done 14 shots. That'd be crazy. Um, I've
1: done 21 shots.
0: <laughs> damn. Um,
1: on my 21st birthday, it did not go yeah,
0: well. Yeah. I've, I've actually, I honestly I think the most shots I've probably ever done, I mean, obviously, like, I've had a home or whatever, you know, I'm just drinking, like, not, I haven't done this in a while, but when I was, you know, a few years ago when i would just drink liquor straight you could call those shots but at a bar i probably had most like four um well it's expensive it is exactly yeah um yes now uh anyway um but i'll tell you this if i'm at a bar and someone buys shots or is going to buy shots i will absolutely say I, I i'm because it has combines two things i love one participating and two, alcohol <laughs> Like, I love being the guy, like, oh yeah, I'll still do it. Anyway.
1: I'm gonna make you regret that next time I'm there. That's
0: fine. Honestly, that's fine. Like, in terms of the things that you can make me regret, like, yeah, whatever. Um, anyway. Uh, they can't find any of the shells, um, so they know the guy's a pro. However, Monk uses some... He does some MacGyver shit. Not really MacGyver shit, but he drops one of the captain's bullets. He sees it, Uh roll. and he finds a shell. That's where they realize it's an AK, um... Yeah, him and Dish are just getting into it, getting in the mix. Mm-hmm. And then they find a note. And uh, I think about this note a lot just because I th- cause it just it really is just like, it's such a great clue in my opinion, but what what does the note say? You don't have to remember the exact wording, but there's nothing important about the note.
1: It just has Natalie's name but spelled incorrectly, and mm-hmm. I believe it just says like
0: what she's running for or something. Yeah, well, it says like she shouldn't run for whatever. Or like stop running. It, it's oh, it just says Natalie Teague without an R at the end. Um, yeah, Teague. Yes, Natalie Teague. Now, it is now. The thing I do like is that I I don't think you probably noticed it because Why would you? Maybe you did. Mm-hmm. But I like it that in the first shot of the episode, you actually see that sign missing the R. Because um, I was I looking didn't up notice for that. it. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't expect anyone to, but I obviously knew that that was the key to the episode. And I do like uh. how it's not it's not a non-sequitur. Like, you do see it when they show the campaign office. Um, but uh, also the paper's folded in a very weird way. Um, Apparently. I mean, it is. Have you ever seen someone fold a paper like
1: that? I'm pretty sure I've done that by accident a few times. Oh,
0: Mr. Uh, accidental Origami over here.
1: No, I mean, I just like, I don't know. I think at some point you just get bored as hell in class and you just do a bunch of dumb crap. I mean, yeah, I understand.
0: That's how I I got really good at writing bubble litters. So we learn that uh, the the first suspect, obviously, is whoever's running against Natalie. And he's back, the guy that I told you would be back. And he's going to be back again some more later Harold (sighs) Crenshaw. Give Give me some Crenshaw takes. First of all, I think it really bothers me that his last name is spelled
1: with a K. And I don't know if I noticed that last time, mm-hmm. but at least my closed captioning was putting it as a K. Mm-hmm. That's annoying. Um, secondly, um, it seems like an incredibly random person to have back, but clearly there there must be something going on behind the scenes why they needed him. Yeah, they made probably I, made someone someone's
0: else friends with Tim Bagley is is the answer. I, I don't know who, but someone's got to be.
1: Yeah, and um, so that's basically it. And as we know, um, Monk hates him. Um, and so, like, we, I mean, we we already cut into the scene where they're, like, interviewing him,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, I was just say, I like the idea that if Monk is Sherlock Holmes, I like the idea that his Moriarty is Harold Crenshaw. Um, I think it's just a funny concept. Um, I think he's more of a Mycroft. I mean, that is true. I, well, no, because obviously Ambrose is Mycroft. Um. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, Um true. Uh, anyway, um. Also, by the way, I, I, I enjoyed the BBC show, Sherlock, but it is really dumb how their names are Sherlock and Mycroft Holmes. It's like, I ah, come on. Come on, guys. Uh, this is not names for people anymore. Um, I mean, that's Arthur Conan Doyle, right? Yeah, I know, but, but the, the BBC version is in present day. And so it's kind of just like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, uh, Joe Smith was murdered. Yes, I have to call my brother Mycroft. I know it's, I know, I know. I get that that's the point, but it is kind of funny. Anyway. Okay. Um, so they're interviewing Harold Crenshaw, and there's some donuts. Um... I don't know how the captain didn't think this was ran poorly. Um, we're basically fighting over how to organized the donuts. Um, now, who About do you agree system with? system for doing it. Yeah, do um, you agree? I, Monk or uh, Harold Crenshaw?
1: Well, this was, like, the interesting thing for me. It's um, I didn't really understand what exactly. I, I'm, like, not... I need to see it. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm a more visual person. I can't just do by description. But I do like that, like... Um, That Stodd's pretty savvy, and I I can't tell Mm -hmm. if he's just saying this to appease Monk, or if if he's just been around him so often that he actually agrees with his Mm -hmm. line of thinking. No,
0: I agree with Monk, because basically the gist of the two different styles of organizing the donuts were that Harold Crenshaw wanted um, nothing in the middle and an even amount on each side, and Monk wanted three even rows. That makes sense. I I personally agree with Monk, but it's also dumb that they spend this much time... uh, uh you know moving the donuts and stammire ends up uh crushing the box of donuts because he wants to eat one and then they tell him that, that he needs to eat more in order to make it even but an important detail we learn here is that hale crenshaw's alibi is that he was with our good friend chucky e. k yeah um,
1: he was with special k and he's uh, apparently he's more privy to Information mm-hmm. about
0: Chucky e. K than Monk is well, to yep. Monk's sugar in. because he not only has his beeper number, Monk has his beeper number, but he's got he's got the Krogi Selly, he's got his cell phone number, which
1: yeah,
0: and Monk his I mean, therapist sense. don't
1: give that out. Therapist don't give that. Out. I mean,
0: I have my therapist's cell phone number, but that's because my therapist is a millennial and does not have a home phone um, or an office okay. phone. But, um, I mean, I also pay my therapist via Venmo, so, like, you know. Um, Wait, is
1: your therapist younger than you?
0: No, no, no. But I'm also, keep on, I'm, I was born in the last year to be a millennial, so my therapist is probably, I would that's say. 94? No, 96, but it's whatever. Um, I would guess that my therapist is probably two or three years older than you. Um, not, that, not that you should ever uh, guess your therapist age, that's rude. But, anyway, uh, Monk is sure. incensed um, because he thinks that he has his, Dr. Grover's special. Um, and, yep. but unfortunately, he wants it to be Harold Crenshaw, but he knows it's not him. Because Harold Crenshaw would not have spelled Natalie Teager's name wrong.
1: No, but he, uh, but, uh, I mean, he, and also, like, kind of shockingly, he admits to owning a gun, which just does not seem like a Harold Crenshaw thing to me.
0: No, apparently his dad was a hunter. Um, I think that Harold Crenshaw, in a lot of ways, feels like what would have happened with Monk if Monk had like a uh like a strong father figure in his life and like not cuz Monk you would find out is like basically raised by his after his dad left his uh his mother was, like, the crazy uptight one. I imagine that haircut probably what happens when you, if Monk was raised by, like, a man's man dad. <laughs> like, yeah. do, you know, because there are a lot of people who I think are, like, m- very messed up mentally, but because they have, like, a dad who's, like, an outdoorsman, it's like, yes, I need everything sanitized, but I also am a world champion marksman because my dad, the only time I spent time with my dad was hunting. Um, anyway, that's me reading into the psychology of a fictional character way too much. Um,
1: one on Monk, no less
0: yeah um yeah i'm not proud of it yeah and then Terrell and monk obviously just ha- start arguing because they're wiping the two-way glass in different ways um mm-hmm. and then there's a scene with natalie and julie in the minivan which um i think that this is what makes the episode interesting uh, is this decision natalie makes here
1: i mean yeah i thought at first i thought it was like whatever like Kind of flimsy I, I mean Obviously mm-hmm. she It seems Yeah like we're getting just,
0: We're getting to the, the, the scene That culminates us I think is one of the best scenes In the whole show But continue
1: I agree um, So like at first You're just like Alright man Whatever I guess I mean She needs some sort of Because she
0: looks at The photo of Mitch Her dead husband right. And basically Makes the decision That she's going to keep running
1: Right and so you're just like, dude, like someone tried to kill you. Like, come on. I think you would understand. But, you know, I understand. Like, at the same time, what we find out later just, you know, kind of makes a lot of sense. So, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. we will talk about it because I, yeah, I have thoughts. Um, of course. But we then cut to the next day and Natalie's handing out flyers and Stoudmire's pissed because like, I can't protect you. You're sitting here to drop out. Um, and then they decide, well, he's got to appoint a bodyguard and who's mm-hmm. better equipped than the man, the myth, legend, Randall Disher. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, at first he has a little bit of resistance. He's mm-hmm. just like, hey, man, this saying my job. And Stott just reminds him it is now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, he, he's like whatever about it at first, but he seems to, you know, take it pretty seriously, as he's wont to do. And, yeah, he does a pretty good job, all things considered.
0: Mm-hmm. I think he's happy just to have an excuse to wear those sunglasses. Yeah. Uh, and I like his uh his like Secret Service fit later on. Oh yeah, he's really he he uh, he's resistant to it, and then immediately is like, oh wait no, this is actually what I was born to do. Um, yeah, he leans right in. Exactly, um, and he looks so much like a federal agent, like it's really <laughs> he's just the uh, haircut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's mostly the haircut. Now that I think about it. Um, yeah. And so then they go visit the school that Natalie's trying to save, and they ask an important question, which is, who would benefit from her dying and like is who like is the school worth something is someone like what what who what, what's the point of killing off natalie teague you know what i mean
1: yeah i mean uh she doesn't she seems pretty low uh low stakes you know it doesn't seem like there's a lot going on there i mean to anybody's eye but
0: yeah now a that thing that like, is a plot hole that comes up here is that she mentions that Killing her wouldn't do that much because a majority of the people on the board already agree with her. And it's like, okay, so if that's the case, why is she running in the first place if a majority of the people on the board already want to save the school? But whatever. Um, and also,
1: <laughs> why does she lose at the end, Ben?
0: I mean, I think—no, I, I think she, a majority of people on the board uh, um, are uh, agree with her, not necessarily voters. Oh, but not if, the also, community. Yeah, also, why does she lose at the end? I imagine because Harold Crenshaw just seems like he's probably all up in the San Francisco political machine and Natalie Teague is an outsider. Um, uh, like I so you're just going to stick with calling her Tiki, huh? I think it's fun. It's a fun name to say. Um, okay. And then we see uh, the playground, and Natalie says that she played t- tetherball, but that was a monk's game. Monk? <laughs> okay, how the... F- okay, question. Go. How the... What the hell
1: is the point of tetherball? Is it just oh, like volleyball, but like no. in one
0: spot? No, it's that you've never played tetherball, so basically you have to... You, you um, have to... The, you win if you wrap the ball all the way around the pole, so you have to hit it hard enough so the person misses it, and then every time and like basically you go back and forth until someone gets it all the way wrapped around. I did not know that. Yeah, there was a tether ball at my elementary school in uh, in Florida, and it was kind of fun. Um, I was personally a four square guy; that was my favorite playground game. Um, okay, I like that game. But uh, but uh, let's talk about monk playing keep away. Um, I think that this is some of the funniest stuff that Monk does, just the way he commentates this kid Blanky boy.
1: <laughs> yeah, doing that and then like pointing out that he used to play that shit a lot, like as if it were an actual game, and he had an actual position of jumper. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I think they asked him like, oh, like when did you play this? And he said like all through high school and a little bit of college. Yeah, some college. <laughs> yeah, which is just sad.
0: Oh, I love when he's like, now he's crying. I would cry a lot earlier. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, my, yeah, exactly.
0: And so, his strategy yeah. is to you don't get too attached to any hat. <laughs> <laughs> I can't picture young Adrian wearing a hat. Uh, yeah, I, I really can't either. He's, honestly, the hair is too curly. It would just stick up. But um, yeah. I just love the idea. There's something funny about how... um how sober he is talking about it. like he's not sad just like yep this is what i am be like yeah, i mean he's just completely uh detached also i do love a bit earlier in the scene when uh natalie says Me-, uh, memories and he's no, like he brings back memories and he says yep but what are you gonna do <laughs> yeah like it's a bad thing poor yeah. guy yeah um and they cut back to the the office monk is you know he uh gets to um he starts putting away some flyers into some envelopes which I think is this is a dumb moment because it's like why isn't Natalie asking Monk, she knows that this isn't going to go well for Monk like clearly um, yeah not only that but he's like probably
1: wasting a shitload of money by like throwing yeah. away all like the imperfect yeah. envelopes and all this and stamps stamps are pretty expensive right maybe uh, they weren't that. they're like 43
0: I cents um, I think okay, I apologize I if mind. I'm wrong I'm a, a millennial young millennial I don't, I've mailed like 10 things in my whole life um, how much did stamps cost at NYU? If they cost the same everywhere. It's a national thing. Why would yeah, And st- I just I
1: just wanted to get an NYU, like. Uh, okay.
0: I mean, if you want to ask how expensive, expensive some things are at NYU, you can pick literally anything else that isn't a federal standard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fine. How much uh, are condoms at NYU?
0: Uh, free. It's college. Come on. Don't be stupid.
1: Um.
0: especially anyway like of all colleges like the most sex positive like yeah how about kent state at kent state um i have no idea um
1: we can keep moving
0: yeah i whatever i can Kent State. very i don't know what where that came from why that was the random college you chose um i was just thinking about like gun girl or some super conservative like area mm, i was i was trying to think of a way to like somehow not tastelessly reference the kent state massacre but it's like that's impossible why would i try to do that so i didn't anyway Ooh. I mean, what that's it's, it's, i guarantee that's where most people's minds go yeah it's not like it's an important college like other for other reasons anyway um so uh jack whitman played by one the only nick offerman well let's just talk about how did you feel about seeing nick offerman sans facial hair
1: um, I feel like I've seen him before without facial hair, um, but yeah, it's always jarring. And he's—it's just like su- he's such a weird-looking guy. Like he's got a, mm-hmm. a very specific-looking face, mm-hmm. um, and obviously you don't see it with like the mustache or like the facial hair. But um, yeah, it's—it's it's really jarring because the last time I saw him was when I watched all of Devs, mm-hmm. and he has like a full head of hair and like a full beard. So it's really striking.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely has it. He also just has a, such a different energy. Um, in this. Yeah, he yells a lot in this for whatever reason. Well, it's because I think after because with Parks and Rec and basically everything afterwards, he always plays a super low energy guy. But... Yes. In this, he's very upbeat and very... Um, like, I'll be honest with you. Other than him being a murderer an arms dealer, he's a really nice guy. He does... He's really good. He's a good volunteer.
1: Yeah,
0: you brought, he lasagna. you brought lasagna. I, mean, I don't know. I, I I don't know if I would eat
1: lasagna that someone brought in. Like, I, uh-huh. I'm just weird about food that people bring in. Oh, I'm not weird like... about that
0: at all. If anyone, if we ever, some, if if Andre and I ever make any live appearances anywhere for whatever reason, bring food, I'll eat it. I'll eat Andre's portion too because he's weird about it. Um, I'll absolutely eat lasagna. I mean, lasagna, also, especially like when you're, <laughs> lasagna, I feel like is a great food when you're, like, working hard, uh, like, late at night, you know, just, like, get a big old plate of lasagna. I don't know, I'm a big fan.
1: You know, okay, you know what, I'll I'll, I'll say this, um, I'm, I'm more weird about that with my coworkers because I remember when uh, Count the Dings had a live show, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Karima brought like her homemade like mac and cheese, mm-hmm. and I tried it, and it was amazing, and I regret ever saying that I feel weird about other people's
0: food. Yeah, I feel like if you try, I mean, don't be wrong, I'm... I'm too trustworthy about everything in my life. So, like, there's not like the idea. Intellectually, it's like, yes, you should be suspicious about the things you eat. And then the moment I see food or smell it, it's like, well, I'm just going to eat it. I'm hungry. Um, anyway, Randy tries lasagna to make sure it's not poison. It isn't poison, but there's too much oregano, which is a problem because I think that that's something that people overdo oh, it. Is, is should be used sparingly, um, particularly if you're using dried oregano. Because like it's very it can get very harsh and. Bad. I don't think I've ever tried anything that I thought had too much oregano. I feel like I probably have at some point in my life. Um, you know what it is? I think I probably had it where like I probably put too much on the pizza. Um, when I was at like a pizza place and I want to seem fancy by putting things in shakers on my pizza. Um, okay. Anyway, Jack offers to Jack Nick Offerman's character offers to take the copier down to the dump, um, which. Once again, if you didn't know his ulterior motives, wow, what a great guy. He's going to move my appliance for me.
1: <laughs> right, like a piece of shit appliance,
0: yeah. Uh, also, also for the record, not to victim blame, but if Natalie just said, sure, go ahead, nothing else would happen. <laughs> she would have been fine.
1: <laughs> right, like, okay, but the first time he tried to get it was when he started shooting in there, or did he try it before yeah. then?
0: No, he, he started shooting in there first. Okay, so something would have happened, but it would have stopped there. Exactly, yeah, there would have been no grenade. Um, and as this is happening, Monk finds, he finds the R. And what do I mean by that? He found what? Finds the R. Oh,
1: yeah, he found, no, well, I put it as, like, he found the scarlet letter.
0: Oh, fuck, that's better. Wow, well done.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, he basically finds the letter R, like, in the stack of envelopes or whatever, and, uh, he goes up to Natalie and he's like, hey, like, where is that poster? Because apparently it came from a poster that Julie had made. Yeah for the election and she's like oh it's over there somewhere like go find it and he finds it and sure enough there's a poster that has her name natalie teague without mm-hmm. the r so it starts to get i feel like i say this every time but it starts to get like the uh the juices flowing we got we got ourselves something here
0: yeah because he's basically like oh clearly that means that the note was a uh, post hoc explanation for the shooting it wasn't the actual motive um but there's no time for that because natalie's got to do a mock debate um and uh it's you know classic monk stuff where monk is counting down out loud and he can't you know she can't focus yada 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 do you have any thoughts on this before we get to the you know the grenade
1: um no i mean like at this point oddly enough it feels like um you know monk's taking this way more seriously than natalie is Mm -hmm. like obviously natalie you know understands that I mean, she, there's something that we'll find out later, but yeah. it just, to the eye, or to anybody mm-hmm. just watching, they're just like, whoa, Monk really gives a shit about this, like, he's really trying yeah. to, like,
0: stop I I thing. And I think that, even, we'll get to it later, obviously, I also think that, like, when, I think people underestimate how much... The human mind can put something out of it if it wants to. Like, Natalie it's, like, you can be like, well, Natalie doesn't seem concerned at all this one's trying to kill her. It's like, yeah. But if you're spending all of your energy trying not to think about that, you'll, you could be successful at it. You know what I mean? Like, I I feel like she's clearly not, can't face what's going on. Anyway, as this is going on, something flies through the window. First it looks like it might be just a rock. But, you know what, it's a fucking Russian grenade. Which, like, Jesus
1: right and it's like uh dude the freaking like lag time on the detonation is like yeah. 30 seconds or something it was crazy i mean that i
0: think is actually probably accurate because you would want a grenade to have a long lag time because you don't want to blow up with the person who's holding it but it is, But is wouldn't they give enough time to like hot
1: potato it like well, in saving private Ryan?
0: yes I, I i don't know i don't know how long it is Obviously, it is a little bit long, but you have to keep in mind, like, because of the slow motion, the the amount of time between Monk picking up the grenade and putting it in the fridge and running away is probably only, like, 15 seconds. So it's, like, it's slow motion, but I I don't know. It's not that crazy to me. Um, But I also don't know anything about actual grenades. Um, My brother had a dummy grenade once that, like, his friend Uh gave him that was, like, an empty grenade, and it was always fun to have Cause uh, and then it was also nerve wracking to have because it's like if our house ever got like raided, it would look like we had a grenade and that's not good. Um, but yeah, no, that, not either. at all. No, it's not great. Um, but anyway, um, so Monk, there's a there's a like, slow motion action sequence. Um, how did you feel about this? Because I'm a, I think it's a little slow, but I also think it is fun to see Monk in an action sequence.
1: No, it is fun to see him. Like uh, it kind of reminded me of that time. Was it in the? in the panic room where that something blew up like, and he had just saved it Mm -hmm. from like exploding. Was that right? Uh,
0: you're being honestly incredibly vague. So there was
1: like a, there was a scene where like monk, like puts uh, like an explosive in something and like it explodes and he goes flying back at some point. It Um, happened
0: already. Oh, Mr. Monk of the sleeping suspect where he puts the bomb in the toilet. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, So it gave me like, it gave me a, man, that episode comes up a lot. Um, yeah, but, yeah, no, it reminded me of that, and it was, like, it was good, and then I was like, oh, God, he's opening it again to fix something in the fridge. Typical. Yeah, because he,
0: he puts the grenade in there, and then he has to put it in the egg carton, which, truly not what you want to see. Um, really <laughs> <puts> w- it <laughs> really would be an embarrassing way to die, that you died because you couldn't help but put a, like to put a grenade back into an egg carton.
1: But nobody would know that. That's Unless Natalie true. survived.
0: Well, no. I Well, I think Natalie and Disho would have survived. They're far enough away. Um, but uh, shouts to Monk for being heroic and then not shouts to him for almost fucking it up. Um,
1: I know, but I love what Stott says oh, about yeah, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what does Stott say? <laughs> what does Stott say? <laughs> he's like, uh, well, he mentions, like, oh, I heard you, like, it was your idea to put it in the, in the fridge. And he's like, and you also went back to, like fix mm-hmm. something didn't you you couldn't help it and he's like yeah he's like okay well i'm gonna tell the mayor to give you a medal and then i'm gonna have him take it
0: away because you were so stupid to like go back yep. for it honestly completely fair um and then this is one the where they say that they found a scrap of the grenade and it was made in chechnya um which i don't know a lot about chechnya beyond things mentions in movies and tv and the, all it's i know is a bad thing yeah uh, usually is an understatement. I appreciate you being sensitive to the people of Chechnya. Because like, I'm sure their lives are terrible based on just the fact that I know it's, like, war-torn and there's ethnic populations that are treated poorly and yada, yada, yada. But in movies and TV, if anything goes back to Chechnya, it's bad news. <laughs> yeah, you want to avoid that. Yeah. And so Stalmeyer tells Monk that Natalie is not dropping out of the race still. And Monk goes to talk to her. And he she like looks over at a photo of mitch when he asks why are you dropping out and he's like oh yeah i get it you know he was brave and you want to be brave too and i think that the choice that they make in this scene one watching it again i don't know why because i'm me it moved me more than it did when i was younger like i really got teary-eyed and misty watching because i think this is really good but the decision to make it to not make it as simple as like i want to make mitch proud I think is yeah. so so interesting and like actually like a re- like for a procedural show is like a super interesting character choice. So go into what what like what is Natalie's reasoning for not wanting to drop out?
1: Uh yeah. So Monk kind of like tries to deduce that it's because um well he notices a picture of Mitch in the in the bathroom and he thinks it's because you know he was a hero and she wants to be like him. She wants to be a good example to Julie and mm. stuff. But she ends up, like, you know, obviously telling him not to tell anybody literally to, like, die with this yeah. secret. But apparently, Mitch, uh, I guess him and two other people were in a plane and they got shot down over Kosovo. Mm-hmm. Also another and, place that you
0: don't want to have anybody. Right, right,
1: <laughs> right. And, um, and so they go down behind enemy lines and, uh, you know, he's the only one that died and the other two guys claim that, he basically went out like a coward. Like he grabbed the radio and all their like and I guess rations yeah. and ran away. And you know he got yeah. he died. Mm-hmm. And so you know she feels bad. She's just like she doesn't want to be a coward either. Which, mm-hmm. yeah, it was like a really interesting uh, decision to make uh, yeah. because it like I don't know. It made me feel like so much worse about Mitch. Like God, this guy like what a. I don't want to come down too hard on him, but yeah, just yeah, like what a what a what a coward, and you know, good on Natalie. So no, and that I, was that yeah. Was, that I was think it's nice
0: just part. it's so much it's more complicated, and I think one, I think it makes her decision to keep running make more sense because like I just want to make my dead husband proud. Is like that will only get you so far, but like I'm I have a opinion because of how my husband dead husband's memory isn't perfect, and how I want to be better. Like that, I feel like is a much more complex and interesting emotion than. It just, is. like, general... And also, because I think that... I also think it's just, like... I think that having a dead a husband who died in a war is a pretty easy writing crutch to have of, like, just a motivation for a character. And, like, it's messy and more interesting and tells you more about Natalie as a character to make it a lot more complicated than that. And that... it, it I think it just... It, I don't know. I think it just adds a layer... It's something I've never seen before and I really haven't seen since, where it's, like where a character is revealed to be like that. Because I think that, um, like I said, I think the the I want to make my veteran husband proud is a, is a crutch. And I think that it's the fact that it's not that, where it's like, you know, I still love him and I miss him, but apparently he was really shitty at the end. And that sucks. And having to live with that is hard. And that's the motivation to want to keep going. I think it's like, that just, I love it. I think that, that the whole scene's great. I think Trailer Howard's great in it. I think Tony Shalhoub's really great in it. Um, yeah. And I think that that's like, that's the shit that Monk able, is sometimes able to squeeze into its regular procedural format that a lot of other shows don't. And I think just really colors her as a character in a way that's just super interesting to me. And I'm really glad that they made the choice. Whoever's decision it was, I think. And it's it's a bold choice, too. Because honestly, like, let's be honest. This is a basic cable show. The decision to make any person who died in combat not a hero is not an easy one. <laughs> like, that's controversially... With- yeah.
1: With that said, yeah, I would think the the need to stay alive as one parent for your daughter would supersede any feelings. I think about that that's that. yes. I
0: think that's fair. I also think which Monk tries yeah. to remind her of. Yeah, yeah, no, I yeah. get
1: it. I get it. Like we yeah. know, like it just adds a little bit extra, which I appreciate. But like, yeah, and I also when you're
0: when you're watching yeah. when
1: you're watching the episode, you're just like, man, I why can't she see that she needs to stay alive for this kid?
0: Yeah, I think that that's true, and I think that it is. Um, I think that it's complicated, and I think that also... I mean, I know you don't feel this way. Something that annoys me a lot about discourse about movies and TV on the internet is that people treat decisions that they wouldn't make necessarily as, like, plot holes. Like, and I think that... I personally agree with you. I think that it's more important for her to stay alive for Julie. But I think that, you know, it's complicated, and she um, is feeling a lot of different things. And I also think that on some level, she's not really letting herself see the reality of the situation. Anyway, I think that this is a great scene, great stuff. This is my favorite part of the episode, obviously. Um... And so we then cut to the debate um, where it's uh, in like an auditorium of a high school. Pretty empty. Um, Yep. Natalie gives her opening statement. It's not that important. Um, But Jack gives Monk a flyer that he designed for Natalie's campaign. Once again, great volunteer. Besides the killing part, he made his own flyer. (sighs) Yeah, you
1: know, and um, it's really odd because I... So he tried to okay. When he threw the grenade through the window, was he trying to kill Natalie or was he trying to kill Monk? I
0: think he was trying to kill Monk, but um, I think either would have sufficed because if he killed Natalie, then he could just uh, you know break, they would probably get rid of the copier. So um, I don't think he particularly cared either way. Um, even and also, I think he also just wanted her to drop out because like um, like I don't think yeah I, I don't I think any outcome other than what happened would have been fine for him.
1: Yeah, that's
0: fair. Um, yeah, and so, but what what what's the mistake he makes with the when giving the flyer to Monk?
1: He it up the
0: same way like a fucking idiot. Yeah, in fairness to him, I don't think I won't. I don't blame him for not thinking like, oh my god, they're gonna recognize the fold.
1: <laughs> no, of course not. But why the hell like why would you even fold it anyways? Like just he's fold weird.
0: It. Well, he probably had it in his. Po- I don't know. I as someone who doesn't like to carry stuff, I I you fold paper fit in your pocket. Um,
1: that okay, but the way it's folded is not the best way to fit in your pocket. You just fold it. in I it know forward. that's true.
0: Yeah. Um. So I don't. Know, maybe he was like part of some weird boy scout troop, um, that taught him that. Um.
1: But whatever. So yeah, yeah. So he. Are we? We're gonna skip over him talking
0: to. Well, I mean, well, uh, yeah. He talks to he uh, monk has a question for Harold Crenshaw, basically saying, "Uh, you said you went to Doctor Kroger's for Christmas, um, but he doesn't celebrate Christmas. That's a lie." And then, he's Jewish. yeah. And then, Harold drops a freaking bombshell, on Monk, which is, it destroys him. What, what? What's? What's this? I mean, this is like honestly, this is like WikiLeaks level stuff.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, yeah, it is. But it's also like an oversight on Monk. But um, basically, it's that uh, Doctor Kroger's first wife was Jewish, mm-hmm. but his fiance mm-hmm. currently is Irish Catholic, meaning that she also celebrates Christmas. Yeah, they celebrate, so they both. celebrate
0: both of them. And Monk didn't even know that Dr. Kroger had a fiance. Yeah. Now uh... I can't judge Monk that much because I don't know the anything status with my therapist. And I don't want to. I think that that's inappropriate. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, I, 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 generally, from an actual standpoint, I actually think it is. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think it probably actually is pretty inappropriate for a therapist to have one of their patients over for Christmas dinner. Um, yeah, I saw. I saw side effects. It never yeah. ends well. I, I saw I actually there was a great podcast called The Shrink Next Door, which is about a, like a shrink who basically got his patient to sign over like all of his money and stuff to him and like his whole business that his family owned and shit like that. And yeah, great stuff. I highly recommend it. Um, Grifter King. Yeah, shouts to grifters. Seriously though, shouts to grifters, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, not like low level grifters like not people who, like Grift poor people but like anyone, people who grift like because this was a guy who like had like second generation money for like a textile factory that he wasn't really interested in and yes this, this psychologist was super unethical but it was pretty it was a fun story um yeah anyway uh, this is when monk realizes that the f- paper is folded in a certain way and so he goes to fire to follow jack and then Jack makes a, he makes a mistake man he he, 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 was, he, was, he was locked up in the clink.
1: Another, another unforced error. I mean, yeah, I guess uh, it's a hard uh, habit to break. How long was he locked up for? Uh, five like months.
0: Five months, but they said he was locked up previously as well, so we don't know how long he was locked up then. Um, he was doing time.
1: Right, but the way that Monk knows that is because when he opens a door, he, like, stands outside of it for, like, a few seconds mm-hmm. and then lets himself out because, yeah. obviously, prisoners ah, prisoners aren't, like, uh, used to being able to open doors when they want to.
0: I like that clue because— I do, too. Because I, I like when Monk has clues—well, any story like this—where it is a thing that you can see how—it's it was. It's never something you considered before, but it makes sense once you see it. It's like, oh, of course. Like, yeah, of course that would be a habit.
1: Well, but we also know what? Mr. Monk's, he's
0: been locked up too. Oh, Mr. Monk, he's, he's still timing the joint.
1: He, That's he, right. I'm
0: doing a nickel, remember? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Oh, man, shouts are doing a nickel. Um, no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, I, decidedly not. I, no. I One of my, probably the worst verbal tick I have is when I don't have anything to say, I say shouts to whatever the last proper noun that was said. Um, but uh, no, no shouts are doing a nickel. Um <laughs> I highly re- if someone's trying to get you to do a nickel for them, don't do it. Um, anyway, so unless you cast an illegal vote for like I don't know. Yeah. Oh yes. Uh, casting if you cast if you if you legally voted you're gonna have to do a nickel. I'm almost 100 sure that that's not true, but um, yeah, just be yeah. Look let's at. just
1: say for posterity's sake that yeah, it is. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and so Monk points this out to Randy, and he's like, "Well, what's he after?" And they don't know and then we go to commercial. And this is where Stomart gives the lowdown on this Jack Whitman character. What, what, what's this guy's deal besides, you know, looking like Ron Swanson without a mustache?
1: Well, basically, yeah, he's an arms dealer, and uh, I guess he had gotten locked up. Or are we doing, like, the what's what, hap- what no,
0: happened? But, no, but like, but what's the information? I mean, he basically says that he got locked up for tax evasion because they couldn't find any proof that he was dealing arms.
1: Right, yeah, so obviously we know what that means. Yeah. And uh, uh, well, what, what it means, one,
0: is that if you... Doing an illegal business, have some type of money laundering operation because why you don't have five months in the joint just because of tax evasion. Like, that's that's an unforced error. Like, you know what I mean? Like, money laundering is not that hard.
1: Yeah, tell me about it. I
0: got no fucking ink locked up and loaded, baby. Exactly. Now, I don't know exactly how you're going to be laundering money through that, but um, that is a uh, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it off the of, off of pod. Um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you, he, he – did a bid for tax evasion but they couldn't find any evidence um, and Monk can't stick around to, to be with them when they go arrest Jack because he has to go vote um, yep and as they're going to vote Natalie for some reason has to park in like a parking lot that you have to pay for which is convenient like with a valet yeah. um, right. and anyway then Natalie votes for herself and then Monk he, he has trouble voting isn't um, the
1: decorum to like not vote for yourself
0: no you're supposed to vote for yourself Okay. Yeah. Um, as far as yeah, what I... I, am
1: I saying politicians don't have any fucking
0: scruples. No, but even then... Well, no, of course they don't act in real life, but I, I, I understand what you mean. Like, that wouldn't surprise me if that was a thing. But it's also, like, who are you going to vote for, the other guy? Like, because if you actually believe that you'd be the best person to, you know... Uh, but anyway, Bunk, he, he can't vote because, as you might imagine, it's claustrophobic. Um, now, I've actually never voted in person before. Do you have any good uh, voting in person anecdotes? Um no
1: I mean not really because I I basically voted in ooh shit where did I vote in Arizona I don't remember that wait okay I was there from two thousand nine through two thousand and twelve did you yeah, accidentally
0: use a, I, did you use a sharpie and your ballot was invalidated no 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 but either way I was here
1: but I basically always voted in the same exact place and the only thing I have is it's always the same people like all the oldest Filipino people shots of Filipinos. In, yeah no, shouts to them. They, they they run you know they run shit at the mm-hmm. at the election mm-hmm. uh, spot. But yeah no, that's pretty much it. And it's uh, you know it's normally pretty s- wide open. It's not like in those little booths like that. Mm-hmm. So I can understand why Monk might feel a little bit yeah uh, constrained.
0: Yeah, shouts to Florida. No excuse uh, absentee balloting, um, voting is really easy um, when you can just you know. Be... No
1: man, we already said you can't give shouts to Florida like.
0: Okay. Okay, okay. okay. That's fair. That it's fair, but I was just okay. How about this? Sh- shouts to the idea of no excuse absentee balancing generally.
1: Fine. Yes.
0: Yeah. You just know. Re- give
1: it till 2021 to, to get no. Because the
0: thing is, Florida, is. It's not gonna come. Like it's only gonna get worse. Like it's just. It's just. It's not. There's no. No. Like. Whereas most states have demographic reasons to believe it might get better. Florida is not one of them. Um, yeah. Fine. Anyway. So yeah, Monk. He can't vote. He's freaking out. Yada yada yada. But he has a breakthrough. And yeah. now this is where I want you to go into – you don't have to go to the full what happened, but what's his breakthrough?
1: Um, okay, well, yeah, it's it's pretty s- – okay, I don't remember how he makes a connection. It's the but box. I know f- the box. Okay, it's the box, yeah. So the box that he carried the lasagna in was like a box for
0: like – was it copy paper? No, it was the same copier. The copy. It was
1: the same yeah. copier of that, like, Eastern block, like, mm-hmm. copy machine that he had. Mm-hmm. And so the night that he was getting busted, he was in the middle of shredding a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I guess a, a piece of paper or something got jammed in the mm-hmm. in the shredder or, or in somewhere in, in the copy. In it
0: doesn't it actually does matter. It got jammed. It happens, you know. Yeah, it got and, jammed. Jam jammed easy.
1: Before he could take it out, the cops break in and, you know, they arrest his ass. He sees all of his stuff. And then they auction off the, the copier. Natalie mm-hmm. somehow gets her hands on it.
0: Not so. somehow she went to police auction and Pat bought it.
1: Yeah, I know. I was just like I was burping, so I, I also oh, needed okay. to just like sorry kind of about that. Out. Sorry about that. Um. Yeah. Asshole. And uh, so, uh, yeah. So so she has it, and he realizes that he that that's where it went. I forgot how he finds that out, but I guess maybe we don't it's because
0: they say it's a, pu- a pu- police auctions are public, so oh, he would right. have access that.
1: Yeah, so then he proceeds, you know, like the choppers sing uh, in order to do that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that doesn't work. And then after that, there's like an increased police presence. So even when he volunteers, he just yeah. never had a chance to just get his ass in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's basically it, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. And then so Monk realizes that that's where he's going to be. He's going to be back at the campaign HQ because it's going to be empty because the election's over. Um, and so they need to go back there quickly. But Natalie does not have the $10 she needs for the valet. And because these valley Pretty guys, fucking steep. yeah, because these valley guys are a bunch of hooligans, they start playing keep away with a grown woman, a, 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 like a grown woman with a career who's running for public office who has a daughter. Like this is just like come on, like these. I'm not saying these hooligans aren't aren't real, but like if you know anyone who's a hooligan like this, make sure you check them. You know, um,
1: yeah, there's no reason to be acting like this anymore.
0: Yeah, you're a grown adult, um, but Natalie's making a fool of herself. And Monk's like he takes off his jacket and he's like, Let me let me get in. And he he plays the sport he was meant to play, you know?
1: He's the the cat the the jumper.
0: Yep. So. And he, he the whole what happened he does during this moment. Um and but he eventually he jumps up. There's a great shot of him grabbing the keys and uh, and they, Natalie says, damn, you are good at this mm-hmm, He is good, I mean you, the, It's a really up-close shot, so I actually don't know If Tony Shalhoub's good at it, but uh, You know, And then, in any event They end up going to the campaign HQ And Stott uh, Comes in with the gun on him Confronts Whitman as he's pulling out The paper from the copier um, And Much like Jennifer Love Hewitt's uh, Lifetime original series The paper is a client list Um <sighs> Oh, boy. Um, also, really funny how the client list just says things like, Assault rifle, 1523 Venice Boulevard. <laughs> like, and there's, like, randomly a
1: photo of a guy holding up a gun. It's like, all right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, probably not the best organized uh, dr- gun conspiracy. I'd say so. Also, he, like, st- there are apparently some Stinger missiles, which if that's anything like Call of Duty, those are, like, anti-aircraft missiles. Which, like, I understand people do buy those illegally, but, like, what are you doing that – what's someone on Venice Boulevard doing with stinger missiles?
1: I mean, uh, I,
0: yeah, I'll leave that one. I was going to say a really bad joke, but – Man, like, oh, yeah, he, he, there's helicopters in his neighborhood. He hates the sound of the KTLA health chopper. He's got to get the Stinger Missile.
1: <sighs> no, I was going to say he was going to take out a bunch of hippies, but, yeah. Never mind. I mean, yeah,
0: I, 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 it's, I think it's really only – I mean, obviously, you, I imagine you could blow up some hippies with it. But it's. I think it's mostly for, like, aircraft and stuff. So, um, in any event. Um, so, we then learn as the scene ends that Monk didn't vote um, because he got too flustered. Uh, fair. Um,
1: but she didn't lose by one vote, that's yeah, the important Yeah, she lost,
0: that Monk said it was basically a landslide, which is, that's how you know Hale Crenshaw is really embedded in the, the political machine of San Francisco, because no one who would even though Natalie is not perfect as a candidate, Hale Crenshaw is clearly unbalanced, um, and should not you hold any... he won po- Pennsylvania, though? Yes, I think, it, it took a while for, uh, Phil to, I mean, well, are we only counting legal votes, or are we also counting Ill- illegal votes? Uh just the legal ones. Just the legal ones? Then no, he definitely didn't. Um uh because if you look, like they you know, there there's vans that said Crenshaw on them that were seen delivering ballots. Um mm. by uh, now where, where were those now where were those vans? I don't know, and why did those vans have Crenshaw on them? How why why were they that dumb to be that conspicuous? I don't know, but people are saying. Um People are saying Exactly. That's a, exactly. People are saying. And Natalie, you know, yes, did her five like pre selected poll of vote counter watchers were they let in yes but like the extra 20 of them that she tries to get in later weren't let in so clearly there's a conspiracy anyway um i don't have any axe grind about anything um so uh during harold's speech he wants to thank chuck dr kroger and he comes doctor comes on stage and monk looks very uncomfortable he does well yeah i'd be uncomfortable um but also monk looks freaking sick He's gonna yeah. die. Yeah, but like, do you think they're actually pals? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's unclear. It it, it there's more come yes yes and no. Um, I once again it's unclear. Um, okay, There are definitely more pals than Monk is with him because even okay. though, Harold Crenshaw is fucked up. It's cl- I think it's clear in this episode, but also just in general, like Harold Crenshaw is a significantly higher functioning of a person than Monk. Like Harold yes. Crenshaw has like a wife and kids and like is able to function in society um and bunk isn't so like that's a big difference okay now um i just want to say i do have an extra i i I have um an extra note which is that uh actually i have a couple notes that i forgot to read one of course harold's plan is to like lower the budget by like cutting school Like, of course he's you know like a fiscal conservative the um because he's the worst, Um, and then Uh Natalie, you could make the argument that Natalie saying to Monk in the polling place just vote for Tigger is technically a violation of election law. You'd you'd have a case, because you're not allowed to I was thinking that, too. And then last, what's up with that one volunteer with the blonde hair who's, like, deranged and has, like, some mental disorder?
1: That's very true. Um, I thought he was going to have something to do with it, but then it ended up No, I
0: honestly, it it, it, it honestly kind of just feels like a one of those things that they made because the show is run by comedy writers and just like, because it's just like a bizarre character and it's like this character just does not fit in this episode or in the show generally um, but anyway uh, yeah, so shout out to Harold Crenshaw for winning um, and shoutouts to this episode, what do you give it out of 10?
1: I actually just gave it an 8
0: I gave it an uh, 8.5 um, you know, I think that this stuff with Natalie's really really good um, and there's nothing that annoys me about it um uh, but there's nothing, I agree with that, but there's nothing that wows me. I do like the idea of and I, I would not be shocked if they came up with the plot of this episode by someone was like, how do we make it that a paper jam is the key to a murder? Because that is a fun thing about this episode that technically speaking, that's the key. That's true.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it was kind of as soon as you saw it and mm-hmm. like I kind of it, it kind of got you thinking that that was gonna be what mm-hmm. it was, but it, in the end, it ended up being just as compelling yeah. as
0: any yeah. other one. Exactly, and speaking of compelling, I compel you to follow us on Twitter at Strictly Monkin. Uh, Andre Barrera, will follow you. You could follow me at Andre Barrera, and you can follow me at the J Christie. Um, please rate, you subscribe, share this episode with your friends, with your social medias. If you have a group chat with some Monk fans, be like, hey, check this out. Um, you know, the this one the one guy goes on a lot of tangents, and the other guy doesn't have a lot of time to speak because the other guy talks over him a lot. Um, but other than that, it's a good podcast, um, right, Andre? Is that a fair thing to say? Uh, exactly. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got me. I'm oh, sorry. Um, more important than all that, though, tune in this Friday as we finish out season three of Monk. Season three of God, we man, we're super powering through season three of Monk on Friday, dude.
1: Is what? Dude, Go. I was like literally looking at it. I'm like, we've we start. I think our
0: first one was like June 5th yeah. or something. Yeah. That's what happens when you do two a week, baby. You know, hey, NFL teams can do two I'm days. I'm so glad we switched it to two. I know. So am I. It really is just like, especially because the quarantine's going on so long. It's just really. Also, the fact of the matter is, like, this is an hour and 40 minutes, like, twice a week, really. Because if you count the episode and the recording, it's like, it's, I mean, especially for you, because I do the editing. Like, it's really a small endeavor, if we're being honest. Um, Wait, we edit this? Oh, yeah, that's true. I really don't edit it at all. Um, because why would I do that? But more important than any of that tune in this friday as we talk about mr monk and the kid i mean (laughs) okay real quick
1: um so my nickname is to a lot of my friends is the kid Mm -hmm. so when i saw this it got me got me very excited Mm -hmm. season finale Mm -hmm. let's get some season finale energy let's get fucking monkey